Now Dreisaitl, breakaway pass. Here's McDavid. He gets in, shoots. Oh, and Demko just got a piece of it, and it stays out. Great chance there for McDavid. Well, big performance by Thatcher Demko this afternoon at Rogers Place as he makes... 31 saves and the Vancouver Canucks with three goals in the third period knock off the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 final game of the regular season for the Oilers the Canucks still have three games to go all of them against Calgary so Edmonton's final record 35-19-2 did you have that when they were 3-6 and six? points percentage of 643 is indeed the seventh best regular season of all time even though this wasn't a great way to put the period on the regular season reed wilkins rob brown heartland ford overtime open line we're inside rogers place in the friesen brothers broadcast center look rob sure we can talk about this game not being the most intense and of course we'll look ahead to the playoffs but i think we have to give credit where credit is due thatcher demko came to play and he was outstanding tonight this uh, he, afternoon he, he was he was excellent uh, if you look at the chances that he turned away Connor mcdavid had a breakaway from almost his own blue line Leon Dreisaitl had two breakaways. Uh, Josh Archibald had a breakaway. Actually, sorry, he had two, had two. Had two breakaways as well. Uh, Alex Chason had a point-blank one-timer from six feet out, on, and Demko came across on. He was excellent. And this is what we, the, the, the Canucks saw last year in their play-in series uh, and in the playoffs that allowed them to let Markstrom leave and not have to re-sign him because they saw what Demko was capable of doing. Uh, he was outstanding in this game. Now, this wasn't the Oilers' best effort, but they did have enough grade-A scoring chances, on the, and the puck was on the sticks of the right people that this game could have been closer, if not the other way. But Demko was by far and away the best player on the ice tonight. Yeah, absolutely. As the Canucks get the 4-1 victory, and conversely for the Oilers, Miko Koskinen, was really matching Demko for about 49 minutes tonight, and then he got beat twice over the glove in a 16-second span by Highmore and Boyd at 9.13 and 9.29 to the third. And there are probably some other things to talk about on those plays as well. And then uh, a backhand by Highmore, similar to the play we saw here when he allowed the four goals on four shots, a relatively weak shot right along the ice, and he almost gives it a little ramp into the net so that's a frustrating stretch for Koskinen it, it was it was one of the things that you and I talked about uh that was important in this game for the Oilers in a game that wasn't really that important but there was going to be players that were playing tonight that wanted to give a last impression to the coaching staff and the, and the management team saying all right I may not be in your starting lineup on Wednesday against the Jets but if something happens I want to be the first call up and there was a number of players that were auditioning for that role and then with Koskinen in net it's a, he's a goalie that had a great run until his last two games. He gives up four and four shots. He gets pulled, goes into Montreal's playing well, and then lets a, a real weak one in late in the game to, tie, to allow the Canadians to tie it up. So he wanted to have a strong effort uh, in case needed in the playoffs and, and give that uh, the, the coaching staff and, and his teammates the peace of mind that, you know what, I am back to where I was. And he was very good through 49 minutes. He was excellent. Uh, a number of big saves. The two that went over the glove, again, great A scoring chances. 
Uh, and there were mistakes made. Bouchard on the one, he flips the puck out, doesn't get it out, and it comes back and haunts them. And, and you can forgive those. It, it's the fourth goal, though, is what's going to be in the back of the coaching staff's mind. Because you and I both know, and it's been announced, that the Winnipeg Jets and Oilers are going to play back-to-back games in this series. And you have to decide as a coach, okay, I've got an older goaltender, uh, Smith, who's having a great year, and he is the backbone of this team. Do I play him in back-to-back games? Well, now the last thing you're going to remember is this night and the last three games that uh, Miko played, and that fourth goal, it was it was a goal that should not have gone in. And it, not only did it go through him, it looked as though he was trying to push the puck in the corner. And it's you and I are sitting right above, more or less, where that puck goes in. And we're watching, it's like, oh, no, oh, no. And then it just, he kind of collapsed backwards, and the puck was in the net. It was like, I can't believe that one went in. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, all goalies let bad goals in. It doesn't matter if it's Carey Price, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Has- and name any great goalie. He has rough, uh, a, a soft one will get by him. But it's the timing of it for Miko Koskinen. It's been three games in a row yep. where there's been a, a tough night, then two tough goals. That p- gives the, the coaching staff maybe a little pause in the playoffs on what he's going to do on a back-to-back night. Yeah, a good point about that. That that fourth one tonight, the tying goal in Montreal, and the the four and four shots the other night, where really two of them were yep. bad goals. The one off the blocker that he might have been missing the net and mm-hmm. went in, and then clearly that weak shot that went in. So, uh, having said that, uh, you know, not the most intense game from most of the Oilers, and the third period they were throttled. The shots were 17-5 to Vancouver, for Vancouver. I mean, Leon Leon had his breakaway where, where he missed the, the net. That's yep. the only real chance the Oilers had in the third. No, the, well, the McDavid had the breakaway in the third, Was that two. the third, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. So they Sorry. both they yeah. both had breakaways in the third period. Uh, but then, you look on the glass half full, I mean, in a third period of a close game, Leon and Connor probably would have played eight minutes. Right. And they probably played two in this one. So the Oilers uh, shortened their bench, and they shortened it by resting their their, their best two players. But the, the Canucks were the better team. They pushed harder. They were playing for more for the most part in the period. They're playing for uh, pride in this one where the Oilers, were their minds were probably on the Winnipeg Jets. To me, it's a game that you throw out. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, and now they start preparing for the Winnipeg Jets. And this is, and I've been in this position. This is when it gets fun. And I know it's fun for fans, but it's fun for players. When you start coming to the rink and it's warm out and you have your ja- your suit jacket over your shoulder because it's so nice, it's just a complete different feeling walking into an arena when you know it's a playoff game. You, you There's a different energy, a different vibe. Uh, your practices feel different. And now the, the Edmonton Oilers, because this game is gone, they can turn on a TV tonight and see an NHL playoff game being played, and now they are part of it. So uh, the fun starts for the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow morning as they prepare for the Winnipeg Jets. So 4-1 Vancouver takes it. The scoring recap, Larson scored in the first period at 12.45 from McDavid and Dreisaitl. So McDavid's final point total is 33 goals, 72 assists for 105 points in 56 games. Dreisaitl gets to 84 points in 56 games. Larson gets his fourth of the season, which matches a career high, which I think is yeah. worth mentioning for a defensive defenseman. I thought he played, he actually played well tonight. He had a couple of good chances. The one thing, and you just mentioned Leon Dreisaitl, the only, if you want to look at as a downer he was leading the national hockey league in plus minus coming into this hockey game he was minus two and he ended up in second because he was one ahead of rantanen 
his season's over, so he went from first to second in the plus minus. Now, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it is nice to have that feather in your cap. For There were a lot, a lot of people talking about Leon's year last year and the minuses and stuff. He almost came back and led the league this year and did until about seven minutes to go in the last game of the season. Some of the other stats here, McDavid played 16-12. Dreisaitl played 16-50, so about five minutes or so less than they usually play. Uh, Nurse played 21-25, so he still played a fair bit. Uh, Nuge played 22-53 today, so he had the most ice time for the Oilers. Tyson Berry only played 13 minutes. They went with seven defensemen. Evan Bouchard was in the lineup today. Bouchard played 17-57. So what did you think overall? Um... Bouchard, when he he makes great, he made a fantastic play coming out of his own zone. I, I I can't remember who he hit on the far side. He's got good vision when the puck is on his stick. Uh, he creates opportunities for his teammates. Uh, he's he's got a bomb from the point. Uh, he almost scored one in the game where it broke the guy's stick and still had enough juice to get to the net. And Demko had to make a, another really good save on that one. Uh, the probably the reason that he isn't going to start the playoffs is just the trust in his own end and the goal that I think I don't know if it was the third goal second uh, or third goal third, the third, one. third goal, goal where he had it in the corner fumbled it a bit and then just kind of threw it out to the blue line it gets kept in by the Canucks they turn it around and it turns into almost a 2 on 0 in front of the net those are the things that uh, he'll learn it's just experience on those ones uh, you've got no play eat it it's you'd rather fight fight in the corner than have the puck come out into the to the high slot where they can turn it into a, a scoring chance. Uh, but there was a lot of good in his game. He did create a lot. And up until then, it was very sound when he moved the puck. All right, so the Oilers fall 4-1 to the Vancouver Canucks whenever the Oilers scored five or more in a game this season, and it will continue into the playoffs. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. It would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village restaurants, now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. You can get us at 780-496-0063. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We have Norm standing by this afternoon. Hello, Norm. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. How are you? Good. Hi, Rob. Good day. Say, uh, Reed, uh, I'm not, uh, I love our team and I love our coaching staff. Um, and I'm not going to make a prediction against uh, the Jets, but uh, I will make one prediction. And if Koskinen's in net, we're going to lose. I, I hate to say it and I hate to be sounding mean, but. My goodness, pay me a million bucks, and I think I could do just about as good as Koskinen. So. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a, a million lying around because I would gladly give you that contract. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're being mean. I think that's an assessment of the two goaltenders. Smith is a better goalie, and he's had a much better season. Well, if if Koskinen's playing in the playoffs, it, it it's not a good sign for others simply because that means either Smith struggled or Smith is hurt. Yeah. That's the only way that Koskinen's going to get in. So hopefully uh, Koskinen uh, is on the bench and prepared to play and prepared to play like he did for a, a good chunk of this season. But we see Mike Smith game in, game out. Okay, if you're on hold, stay there. We are going to take your calls here, and we can talk about today or the season in general or look ahead to the postseason, all that fun stuff. But let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. 
Yeah, Dave, uh, how do you analyze or evaluate whatever that was that we just watched and more important at a greater length now that it's uh, completed? How do you uh, evaluate your regular season? That game was a win if nobody got hurt, and nobody got hurt, so we're taking a win. Other than that, it was it was uh, a game that uh, had no meaning to it from our side, and uh, so we got through it fine. The the regular season, I uh, I thought we started uh, slow. We continued to build all the way through, and. We improved our game as the year went on, um, you know, up to up to maybe a week or so before these games really didn't mean a lot. I thought our team was playing pretty solid, and uh, so we've got a lot to work with here. We've got a we'll have a good day away tomorrow and uh, start uh, and have a couple of good practices and and get ready for game one. You've got a lot of things that. Uh this team accomplished uh, both uh, as a team and individually to take forward into the playoffs. Can you yeah. kind of uh, expand on that a little bit? Well, I believe you only win as a team in the playoffs. So you're right. We've had some great individual uh, accomplishments and, and play this year. But that being said, we've got to make sure our team game's in order to uh, uh, to be a good team in the playoffs. And our players recognize that. We know there's a lot of work ahead. And... Um, I think, uh, you know, we talked about you earned the right to be a playoff team, and we've done good work this year. We've earned the right to be in there, and now we've got to take it another step. So, um, you know, like I say, there's some players that individually have really done a lot of great things for us, but that being said, our team has to, has to be at its best come Wednesday. Derek Fandy's Post Media. Hey Dave, uh, I just want to ask about Slater Cuckoo. Just uh, what did you think of him today, and, and is he kind of back in the mix here, uh, heading forward in the playoffs of trying to get into the lineup? Yeah, you know he's a veteran guy. He came in. I, I thought he'd play a real solid game, and he came in and he did. He was, uh, uh, you know, I give that's a guy that's missed a long time here, and he's worked his tail off in practice to get up and going, and uh, we we're glad to get him in a game here. You know where where that goes from here, we'll see. We've got good depth on defense now, so we've uh, we've got some good options, and we'll just see where everything goes. And I just wanted your opinion on that chase on save. It looked like the puck might have crossed the line. It was really close. How close did you guys look at it? Very, very close, very close, and uh, there was no, you couldn't tell definitive. It was it was in, so we didn't, uh, they, they would have looked at it. I mean, they, they look at all those. That's not, a, not something you'd challenge or whatever, but they would look at that, and so when you look at it real close, it wasn't in. Jason Gregor, TSN 1260. Dave Yamamoto, you just held him out today, precautionary. If yeah. The playoff game, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he skated this morning with the other group, but just precautionary. We kept him out. So, Dave, now you, now players have tomorrow off. Uh, I'm guessing as a coach, maybe you do. I'm not sure, but yeah. um, now you got a few days to prepare for the Jets. Um, you've been in, in prepare mode for teams before. How? How, how how deep do you drill down on a team that you've already seen, you know, nine times this year? Do you, do you think, you know, it's going to be much different in styles when the postseason starts? No, there's some things that we want to talk about that, like we do for any other team. You're exactly right. We've played them enough times, but we've been, we've been, this preparation started weeks ago. So it's, uh, 
Um, it's not as if you're you have a whole new whole new uh, team to look at. Our, our preparation began weeks ago with different parts of our game, and we'll continue to uh, to do that the next couple of days. And um, you know, there's obviously you know your opponent. There's some things that are geared towards that, but it's uh, you know we'll we'll be. Uh, we're well versed on them already because how many times we played them and uh, and you have a little brush up and make sure our game's in order and, and uh, we'll be looking to start well. Did you think at all about maybe giving Staylock some time just in case of an injury before playoff or in playoffs? Well, we talked about it a lot, but uh, you know we, we feel comfortable with our two guys. Staylock's worked hard in practice and uh, if we felt like we needed him, we'd feel comfortable putting him in. Drew Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, how did you feel uh, Evan Bouchard played and the other two guys that had been injured, Hawes and uh, Nygaard? Uh, they were all all right. You know, it's a, it's a tough game to judge anything out of. Really tough game. It's more about them getting, getting back in the flow of a game, uh, getting some shift under, some minutes under them. You know, so it's it's that's hard to judge a player on how he played. Uh, how did you think Nico played? Nico made some big saves early. Both goalies. I thought their goalie made some great saves for them, and Nico uh, made some big saves for us early, and then kind of got away from us at the end. Okay, one last thing: is McLeod will be ready for the playoff. Yeah, yeah. He skated a little bit this morning, so he's hopefully he's. Uh, has a, another day tomorrow to rest up, and he'll be good to go on Monday. Thank you. If there are more questions, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They lose their regular season finale 4-1 to the Vancouver Canucks this afternoon. He started off by saying the game was a win if nobody got hurt, and nobody got hurt, so we'll take that as a win. And I agree. And it's something we, we talked about before. It's I mean, there was a lot of fear uh, amongst Oilers fans, and uh, with... with the Oilers playing both Connor and Leon and understanding their importance to this team going forward. Uh, they never put themselves in harm's way in the game, uh, rightfully so. But this was a game where you, you don't want to let all, all of the, the good things get away from you, but you certainly understand that the intensity and the emotion invested in this game is not going to be anywhere near where it's been or where it's going to be. So, yeah, they came out injury-free. Now all focus will go on a day off tomorrow and then on Monday we'll be on the Winnipeg Jets and this is when the fun starts well and he said Yamamoto will be good to go yep. McLeod will be good to go they'll they'll need those guys and I, I would think Devin Shore would pop back in uh, if he's available and then on the back end uh, he said earlier we have our six for the playoffs for game one and it doesn't include Cuckoo I didn't mind how Cuckoo played tonight a couple of nice hits I agree. I think that they just the fact that it, the intensity and the emotion level is going to be ramped up much higher. That uh, and he's just coming back. I think, as he said, he wanted these players to get in, get some reps, feel comfortable out there. But I think he's going to feel more comfortable putting out guys that have played uh, consistently over the last while. So to me, it'll be Jones will be back in the lineup, and. He now has depth on the back end that if there's circumstances dictate that they have to make a change on the back end, he's got choices. But I believe uh, what we've seen in the past few games where Montreal, that was the lineup. So Jones will be back in the lineup. 
McLeod will be back and Yamamoto will be back and I believe Shore will be back in and the Oilers will go forward with that to start with against the, the Jets. 780-496-0063. We have Doug standing by. Hi, Doug. Thank you for calling. Breed, a nice show. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, uh, listen, we've talked about Costin, and I played goal my whole life. I, I watch closely every goalie, doesn't matter who it is, but uh, those first two uh, shots that went in on the glove side, uh, the MO on Costin to shoot high glove side, and that's 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 your shot type thing. And and they were prime shots, there's no doubt. And, yeah, a goalie is going to get beat. But I noticed with him, when he does come out to challenge, for a big man, he, he can play small, if you know what I mean. Yep. His glove is low to start with, and he only brings it up about two-thirds of the way. And and like I say, if, if the whole league knows that that's where you shoot, then he knows that too, <laughs> is what I'm getting at, right? So, again, uh, he played well at the beginning of the game, uh, halfway through. Uh, yeah, three, three goals, four shots, that was the game. But that's not my biggest fear, to tell you the truth going to the playoffs, my biggest fear, and Rob, you've talked about it all year long, uh, is our lack of uh, depth scoring. Uh, today's just a perfect game. I, we all know it was a nothing game, and, and it was. There was a nothing game. Uh, the win was to come out of it uh, with no injuries, like uh, Coach Tippett said. But um, typical game, if you control Connor to one or two points, and today you got one point, and you got six other guys they're really they're not even a threat to score that's my biggest fear going into the playoffs because rob you know you've been there you've done it uh, playoff is a lot tighter checking a lot less uh power plays the whole nine yards and uh, who's to say connor's going to be able to get two or three points every game but if you can contain him or control him or limit him that's my biggest fear like i say is the depth of scoring your thoughts guys yeah thanks doug well, yes, this team lives and dies on the back of Connor and Leon offensively. So they are certainly hoping that they have breakout series. Uh, I think that Dave Tippett has put lines together hoping that they can find some offense. And that's why you got a McLeod up here. That's why you've seen more of Neil and Chase on lately. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that after the news and weather here because I think that's an important topic who who might step up who needs to bring a little more energy every, a little more score i mean everybody but but every stanley cup championship team you look back and there's some guys on that team that scored that didn't score in the in the regular season and the Oilers are going to need that yeah 4-1 the canucks take it more time for your calls 780-496-0063 heartland ford overtime open line we're in the Friesen brothers broadcast center vancouver four edmonton one is the final this afternoon Adam Larson, the only goal for Edmonton. The Oilers' power play went 0 for 3. It finishes the season at 27.6%. That's best in the NHL. The penalty kill finishes the year after going 2 for 2 today at 82.5%, including a perfect 24 for 24 in the final 10 games of the season. So it finishes ninth in the NHL, I guess, unless... Calgary kills off a whole bunch of penalties in the last few games against Vancouver then they could pass Edmonton I don't think anybody will care by Wednesday though (laughs) (laughs) once we get into the playoffs you can call in or text 780-496-0063 Camrose Flint says uh, after Demko today Hellebuck scares me his last two games he's looked like he's in Vesna form your thoughts well I I, look there, there are a lot of things to worry about going into a, into a playoff series, and uh, a lot of people are predicting the Oilers 
and I, I will remind you, and I'm one person who makes a pick, so what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, people who cover the, the league, fans, you make picks either because it's part of your job or it's fun or both. Once the puck the puck drops, so what? I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for Edmonton to be favored. I don't think it's a wide margin. We'll get back to that depth scoring angle because I do think that's a concern. And look, uh, trust me, in Winnipeg, they have concerns about facing Edmonton. Yep. But yes, I think that the goaltending is going to be the biggest factor in the series. And it often is in, in hockey. Um, Hellebuck's a great goaltender. Smith has had a great season. Yes. So th- that's, to me, if Smith and Hellebuck are even, I think the Oilers should win. Yes. If Smith outplays Hellebuck, no, to me, almost no doubt the Oilers win because that's what happened most of the regular season meetings uh, in, in the last the last few matchups. And if Hellebuck steals a game or two, then the Jets could very well win the series. Or, or if Smith doesn't play well, no, you're I absolutely mean, it's so right. much of it is going to come down to goaltending. And he is a he is a great goaler, Hellebuck. He he, he he don't win a Vezina by fluke. He, he's good, and his game has been getting better. The the Jets team over the last uh, week has started to play better. They're starting to get healthier. If they get Ehlers back, to me, and I've said it before, I believe he's their best player and a game breaker and there, there's talk that he's supposed to be back for game one if it if he is that makes him a better hockey club it's i i you throw out the the season series it's done it doesn't matter anymore it doesn't matter if the others could have won nine straight it didn't matter because they started at zero going into game one right and, and your whole focus on, is on each other and i i think that the games will be close i think they will be exciting uh, there will be games that I believe Connor and Leon will break out. There's going to be games where uh, Hellenbuck will, will try to keep them in, in check. But, yes, this is not, uh, despite the Oilers' fantastic season, this isn't going to be a walkover for them. Winnipeg, as we were saying, two or three weeks ago, Winnipeg was pushing to be the number one seed. They they and Toronto were playing against each other, and they had a chance to pass Toronto as the number one seed. They had a fantastic year going, and they hit a speed bump. If this speed bump would have been at the beginning of the season like the Oilers were, nobody would be talking about it. They did it at an inopportune time, but Winnipeg's good. They've got th- their three deep lines. They have uh, got two good defensemen. I think that's where their weakness is on the back end, and they got a fantastic goaltender. So I don't think Oilers fans should be scared, but I certainly think that Oilers fans should not be overconfident. This is a series the Oilers should win, but as you've seen and over the course of all of the playoffs in the National Hockey League, it's not always the two best teams playing in the finals at the end of this playoff series. Uh, there's going to be upsets. You just hope that your team is not one of them. Yeah, and it's another, it's, it's a total, as you and I often talk about, we enjoy the journey of a season. We don't necessarily enjoy when, you know, games go go bad and, and fans are upset and wondering what's going to happen next. But, I mean, there's there's going to be, probably in the next week, a moment where Oilers fans feel crushed by <laughs> something that happens. I yeah. mean, there's three games. Well, but by next Monday night, they'll have played four games. So n- nine days from now, Oilers fans, I'm warning you, you're going to f- probably feel really terrible at least once. <laughs> Unless the Oilers sweep the series, which I, which I wouldn't pick. I, uh, so the players have to deal with that. Now, the good thing is the Oilers have been pretty good at recovering. They, they, they haven't had a long losing streak they started three and six they recovered they got humiliated at home 
by Toronto and was supposed to be a showdown for first place and looked nothing like it. They recovered for that, and now they got to do it at the biggest time of the year. Well, I mean, they, they earned home ice for the play for the first round but as a, a team I, I like coming in as the the, the visitor i like going into a, a city where all the pressure is on the oilers right now because they they don't want to go into winnipeg having split at home and all of a sudden having to win uh i think it's going to be fun I, I there were some games early in the season between the oilers and the jets that were so exciting and we kept talking this is the first round series we want to see they can trade chances there's a little bit of nastiness we saw some fantastic goaltending uh the jets have made some moves they they went and got uh, pierre-luc dubois uh to come in here and give them uh, uh, to solidify the center ice position they gave up a fantastic player in liney to do that We'll see in the playoffs if that paid off for Kevin Shevel Day off. I just think the one mistake that was made, and I don't know if it was a mistake or it couldn't be made, but they needed to shore up their back end. They needed another top four defenseman. They didn't do that. That's their Achilles heel, I believe, and that's where I think Leon and Connor can take advantage of the Winnipeg Jets. 4-1, the Canucks take it today. All season long, James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers, have been giving $100 to 630 Chad Santos Anonymous for every Oilers goal. The total for the regular season, $18,300. Big thanks to James H. Brown and Associates, and we'll uh, start counting up again in the playoffs. That'll be fun. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. Arch is on the line. Hi, Arch. Thanks for calling. Hey, Robin Reed. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, I just had a question. Uh, for the playoffs, would you play Tyson Berry on the third pairing just to have a little more dis- defensive responsibility on the first two? Um, I, I, I don't think you will to start. I think that they've liked what Nurse and Barry have done together. I mean, Barry just ended up leading the National Hockey League defense and scoring. But I, I don't think any lineup is ever set in stone. And there will be mixing and matching of forward lines. I'm sure at some point in the playoffs, if things go sideways, they'll mix and match the defensive, uh, defensemen as well. The Oilers have some depth on the back end of NHL defensemen. They can put other guys in the lineup that uh, Dave Tippett will feel comfortable with. So I think they'll start with Nurse and Barry together. But there's always potential, depending on how the Winnipeg Jets are playing, how the team is uh, responding to what Winnipeg is doing, that Dave Tippett is capable and has the, the horses to be able to change things around. That's a good question. And yep. I think you're right. They can move people around. I mean, I think it's going to start Nurse Barry, yep. Kulikov Larson. And does it is it Jones Bear? I think, think so. Like Jones ahead as of Lagesson. Oh yeah, I think he's unless ahead of Russell unless, is ready by then. I think Russell would be the wild card if he's healthy. Although I think you said that Dave Tippett probably said he won't be. be. Yeah. So I think it'll be Jones and Bear to start in the third pairing to start the playoffs. What's interesting is I don't know for sure. Maybe you have a better sense of it. I, I don't know for sure if he's going to start Leon and Connor on the same line in Game One. He, they played together today. Yamo was out, and. They did use them together against the Jets, but as we've—I mean, you can change halfway through the first yes. period. So what? What does what does it mean? It, it doesn't mean anything. It just—it'll be something that the Winnipeg Jets will have to be able to adapt to mid-game. Because right. I think every game you're going to see them at po- at times together and apart. And the team that's playing against—they're going to have a game plan when they're together, and they're going to have a game plan when they're apart. And uh, that's one of the the great things that Dave Tippett has at his. Uh, at his fingertips is at any time he can throw his two best players, the two top scorers in the National Hockey League, out together. 
the thing that the Winnipeg Jets don't have is is depth on the back end that if they do split them up, all of a sudden either Connor or Leon is going to have a mismatch because I don't believe the Winnipeg Jets uh, have the defense of just about anyone else in, in the North Division. I don't think they're as strong. And I think that's when, when you split them up, the Oilers do have a really big advantage. 4-1 Vancouver wins the game this afternoon. We're talking about that. We're looking ahead to the playoff series against the Jets, which starts Wednesday night, 5 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chet, and they will drop the puck at 7. We have Robert on the open line. Hey, Robert, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, I mean, I guess uh, I guess uh, I want to touch uh, I want to touch on a couple things first on uh, first I want to touch on uh, on the goaltending a little bit as we know as we know how we got games 3 and 4 in Winnipeg are uh, are back to back. My opinion on that is the the only the only possible scenario in which I see Koskinen playing well I I would assume it would be game 4 is if uh, is if the Oilers are either are either up in the series three nothing, or they're up in the series two one. Otherwise, otherwise, in my opinion, it's Smith. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that. That's one point I have, and then uh, and then uh, and then I have another point on uh, Connor and Leon playing playing together. I think I say I say, I think Connor and Leon will play will play together at times in that series. Like you guys are saying, I think it'll I think it'll come down to the score of the game, the flow of the game, how the how how the Oilers are playing. I think I think that'll really dictate when Dave Tippett decides to go to those two playing on the same line. I guess that's uh, I guess that's about all I got. Well, here's the thing too. Those guys are going to play 23 minutes a night minimum yep. in the playoffs there will not be any night unless it's a blowout game where it's cut down. I mean, it, this is the, the postseason where an entire series could change on a couple of shifts. So, yeah, I mean, you could see the Oilers with playing, really almost going with sort of a 10 forward rotation where 11 and 12 are dressed and get spotted in, but really, Connor, Connor are your top two forwards, and they're going yeah. with other guys well, too. And, that, and that's the importance of having guys in your bottom six, but mainly in your 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 fourth line that penalty kill or play power play, so that you do get them ice time and not have to feel uh, the urgency to get them out five on five over and over to keep them in a game. So that's why you've got penalty killers down there and you got to chase on if he's in the in the bottom six that it'll be on your power play as for goaltending i mean that's something you don't it's it's not even worth looking at right now because you don't know where the series is what smith's done or anything in the first two games so to comment on who's going to play in the back-to-back -back games would be silly now simply there's so many things that could happen between now and those decisions so uh right now it's focus on game one and game one Goal, win, get a lead in the series, takes pressure off your team. I wonder about those back-to-back -back games, too. They haven't set the game times. And Montreal and Toronto are back-to-back -back next Monday and Tuesday. Monday's the Victoria Day holiday. I wonder if it's going to go Edmonton-Winnipeg Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Toronto and Montreal Monday afternoon. Makes the most Winnipeg sense. Winnipeg and Edmonton Monday night. 
and then Toronto and Montreal would play. And that's a little bit more of a break in a back-to-back situation if you go if you go Smith both games. It, it makes the most sense, and I'm sure that's what all the teams in the National Hockey League would want because it allows you to have a little bit better turnaround, uh, get it get into bed at a, a good time, stuff like that. So that makes the most sense. I imagine that will be what it is, but uh, you and I have been occasionally wrong. <laughs> Just occasionally. Harv writes in, he says, I don't think goaltending had anything to do today with the Oilers only scoring one goal. Well, the Oilers' goaltending didn't, but the Canucks' goaltending yeah. well, did. Goaltending, it had a lot to I do mean, with it. Yeah. I mean, realistically, those were disappointing goals against, especially the the fourth one, but it, it could have been 4-1 Edmonton after two. Demko was fantastic. He, he was awesome. He was the best player on the ice. Now, uh, I don't think Koskinen certainly didn't lose the Oilers the game. Uh, the first three goals, uh, great scoring chances that the, cap, the the Canucks capitalized on. Demko, though, certainly did go a long way in winning this game. So goaltending was a huge part of this game, but it was on the side of the Vancouver Canucks because Demko was that good. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Mike has called in as well. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Quite well. Um, my comment is about the way the season is, like with respect to Calgary and and Vancouver and everything, even today, like it's not going to change anything in the standings. So what's the point of them finishing the season? That's my question. Yeah, well, and I've <laughs> I've asked that. John Shannon and I have talked about that. The NHL decided they want to play all the games. There are television and, and broadcast commitments to play all 56 games for each team. Sponsorships. Yeah. Now, could have the North Division started Tuesday? I think or, they should or, or have, even yes. Monday. Yep. I, I, I'm not totally sure about that. I'm not sure why they... Uh, I, I mean, I've heard kind of answers, but nothing really convinces me as to why you couldn't have started Montreal Toronto Monday. I mean the Leafs played last night. The Canadians played Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh. E- even Tuesday. So you could have started the Leafs Canadians Tuesday and then I guess Edmonton is still starting Wednesday, but at least you've you've jumped ahead a couple of days. That's that's strange to me. To, to me it's obstinance. It's it's the the league saying, "Nope, this is what we're going to do. We're not changing it at all." So uh, I can tell you there's two teams, the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames, that uh, if they could push a fast-forward button right now, they would do it to, to Thursday morning and, and just be done with these hockey games that they're about to play this week that mean absolutely nothing to either franchise. So it's too bad. I don't understand it either. I would have just canceled them. I would have said, you know what, once once it was done and you saw that these things didn't matter, I would have canceled those games. And then even if you do play them, I would have started the playoffs earlier. No, I, I still would play the games, but... Uh, but yeah, I still would have started. And they're playing those games in the, the afternoon, afternoon on Tuesday and Wednesday. So you could have had North Division games in in the evening. I agree. It, well, it, on a Wednesday you do. You do yes. have a North Division game in the evening. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me why they didn't start the series yeah. earlier. I, I do understand from a financial TV radio sponsor why they're playing the games. Why they're playing fifty six. You know. But uh, but when you start looking at the fact that the tonight the, the playoff series starts in the U.S. tonight. And, and now the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- five days later, they start their playoff series. At some point, unless the teams all equal out by the way their series end, there's going to be teams waiting because the NHL decided to start the Canadian division later. 
All right, let's get a little more post-game reaction from the gentleman who led the National League, uh, National Hockey League in scoring by a defenseman. Here is Tyson Berry of your Edmonton Oilers. It would have been nice to nice to end on a high note, but uh, we've had a great season, and um, you know now the now the important stuff starts. So um, nice to get that one out of the way. Uh, Chase on's goal looked like it might have crossed the line there. I think with five minutes to go in the second period, was there any talk in the dressing room about it at all, or it looked like it just didn't seem like a big deal? Yeah, I, I think you know we had a quick look at it on the bench, but we didn't get a whistle for you know, until the end of the period. So I think you would have had to go back and play the last six minutes, but it looked like it was maybe a bit of, uh, you know, it still had a bit of the paint on it. So um, I don't know, that's a video, video coach coaches call. And um, I think the league maybe would have stepped in if, if they saw it go in. So, um, yeah. Rob Tchaikovsky, Post Media. Hey Tyson, uh, so the regular season's obviously over now. On, on one hand, it was a real challenge for you guys. There was, you know, we locked in hotels, there's no fans, the schedule is changing all the time, there's a pandemic going on. On the other hand, it was one of the most successful seasons in Oilers history. So I know that the playoffs will ultimately decide how this year is remembered, but just looking back specifically on, on the 56 games, uh, how do you view that? How will you remember uh, this? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's a good season for us. We we made strides. We started out uh, slow. We struggled a bit. Took a took a little bit to find our legs, and um, you know, and and to finish where we did, we we you know we secured uh, home ice for the first round. And um, I mean, it's uh, it's a good season. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that happened this year that were uh, a lot of fun to be a part of, and um, you're proud to be a part of. But uh, you know, nobody remembers a good season if you don't follow it up with a, a run in the playoffs. So, it's um, you know, it, it's time to it's time to really get to work here, and, and we look forward to to the playoffs. Was there anything about the that North Division schedule, the way it was formulated, or anything about the, the, the you know the interdivisional play that, that you would like to see maybe take taken forward in some form or another uh, to future seasons? Uh, I mean, it's it's tough. I think you don't, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to be locked in hotels and then be doing this whole thing. But there's definitely some rivalries that have you know sprung up, and um, I think you know people enjoy watching the Canadian matchups, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, in the future. But I, I know they've talked a little bit about keeping some more you know Canadian teams uh, going against each other more often. But um, we'll see what the the virus allows for next year, and um, hopefully we can get back to normal. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Tyson, uh, how difficult is it to play a game when you're trying to get through the game and not get hurt but still play the game so you're not, you know, I guess not guarding against injury? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, you obviously don't want to be out there floating around. I think that's, you're probably more prone to injury at that point, but... You just want to play a normal game and um you know i think you saw a lot of guys get you know reduced minutes and other guys get a chance to play a little more and stuff but um you know the big thing is is, is you make it out and everyone's healthy and um you know we're we're rested now and we're, we're you know we're gonna have practice monday tuesday and get ready to go wednesday and speaking of cutting minutes but you only played 13 minutes that's probably the fewest you played this year uh, seven defensemen. How, how did that work today with seven defensemen? Yeah, uh, I think they, they just wanted to get some other guys uh, some minutes and get them a chance to get in. And um, you know, I don't have a don't have a problem playing a little less tonight and uh, getting ready for getting ready for Wednesday. So um, just you know, kind of the way it goes in some of these games. So Mark Spector, Sportsnet. 
it is. Uh, you answered my question a little bit, Tyson. This, the lack of intensity, I mean, it's difficult to be intense. I get it. But guys get hurt when they're not intense, right? Is it? It's, these are goofy games to play. I don't know if you've played many of them in your career. Um, they're goofy games to watch, and they're kind of weird games to play, aren't they? Yeah, I've been a part of a few of them, and they're always kind of... Uh similar to what you just witnessed so probably not the greatest thing to watch and um not the most enjoyable to play either but um again we made it out healthy and everyone's uh you know knock on wood everyone's everyone's good to go so that's kind of the end goal there are you uh, the kind of guy that's going to watch the first playoff game tonight yeah for sure we'll have it on see uh see the atmosphere we'll see what uh see what's going on out there and um you know see what the intensity is like it's uh it's a weird year, you know, we just finished a game that, you know, didn't really, didn't mean anything, and, and you know, there's puck drop in probably an hour on, uh, you know, on the other side, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a weird year, but definitely we'll be tuning in. That is Tyson Berry, presented by Mattress Superstore after the Oilers lose 4-1 to the Vancouver Canucks this afternoon. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us by calling or texting. Okay, a couple questions about players. Uh, Brad wants to know, do you see Ennis factoring in and another texture says, where do you see Cassian fitting in? Of course, for Cassian, if and when healthy. Uh, Ennis, I believe, will play at some point. I don't think he starts game one, but he will be in at some point in the playoffs. Might not even be in the first series, uh, but he's a pro that uh, they have faith in. Cassian, they will want to get him in uh, when he's healthy. And when he is healthy, I believe he'll come in and play in a bottom six role to start. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Ennis usually gives you what he has. Has yep. energy. Has has enough skill that he can he can help. Cassian's just, I mean, tough year for him because he had the hand injury, came back, and then now is out again. I just feel like we're still all waiting for him to consistently be who he can be when he's at his best. And we haven't seen that. Uh, we all got excited what we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago and thought, okay, this guy can change games, game in, game out. Uh, and then it was few and far between of those nights. And then he showed that he had some scoring touch, but then that kind of dried up a little bit. And uh, this year there were a few brief glimpses of of the Cassian of old, but I don't think we got the consistency that they need from him. He can change the game. He can be a difference maker in the playoffs, especially when they allow a little bit more to go, but he has to do it on an everyday basis. He can't do it, you know, one game here and then take a couple games off, but they will give him the opportunity, and I'm sure they'd love to see him back in the lineup. His physicality certainly will would be a good fit for the Oilers playing against a skilled team like the Winnipeg Jets. 13 to 1 shot. Rombauer has just won the Preakness. I, I think I have close to the updated uh, odds, but that's what it was about 40 minutes ago. Medina Spirit was trying to go wire to wire as he did in the Kentucky Derby. He was uh, in a tight race with Midnight Bour- Bourbon coming into the home stretch, and then Rombauer came, came through out and of said, nowhere. said, sorry, guys, this one's mine. I think Midnight Bourbon actually got second, and Medina Spirit wound up third. I, you, you're right on those, but it, it was just a two-horse race for the whole time. We're sitting here watching, and all of a sudden this dude in a pink... Uh shirt came flying out of nowhere and yeah here's the stretch drive replay they're just coming out of the final turn and bourbon has just pulled ahead of spirit and you think he's gonna win it and then all of a sudden this guy comes out and flying like and flew by them well and spirit dropped off it didn't have it today oh no he didn't no well he wasn't juicing today (laughs) 
Don't blame the horse. <laughs> he said, give me, I need my stuff, I need my stuff. <laughs> In horse talk, of course. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. More on this one on the Oilers' season and the look ahead to the playoffs coming up after the 5 o'clock news. 4-1, the Canucks won this afternoon. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Now Nugent Hopkins to Bouchard. He'll hammer it. Oh, the save by Demko after it broke power like stick. Well, yeah, Thatcher Demko was brilliant this afternoon, leading the Canucks to a 4-1 win over the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers' final record, 35-19-2. Connor McDavid gets a point. He'll win the Art Ross with 105 points on the season. Rombauer wins the Preakness. He went off at 11-1. Just to update the odds that I said earlier. The Oilers' farm team, the Bakersfield Condors this afternoon, a 3-2 win over the Henderson Silver Knights. Seth Griffith got the game-winning goal. Brad Malone and James Hamblin also scored as they have one game left in their season and the NHL playoffs start. The Stanley Cup playoffs start in about 15 or 20 minutes. Boston and Washington, that's the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Boston and Washington, who do you got in that one? I'm taking Boston. Whew, that, that's a tough one. I, I mean, you got two... Uh, playoff weathered hockey teams going at it right there. Both playing pretty good hockey right now. Ooh, Taylor Hall was a nice addition to the Boston Bruins. I'm going to go, you know what, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'll go with Boston too. They added Hall, obviously the connection of the Oilers. They uh, they have Jake DeBrusque, who's from yeah. Edmonton, and they added Curtis Lazar, the former Edmonton Oil King. Well, there you go. If you're an Oiler fan or an Oiler person, then you want to the Boston Bruins win. I, Boston, there's some good teams that are going to be out in the first round this year. And that's what's so great about the first round is anything can happen and you can turn the TV on at almost any time during a, the afternoon and evening and you're going to find one or two hockey games going on. Yeah, well, in Vegas and Colorado, tied for first overall, they might play in the second round. I know, the two best teams in the NHL, one of them will be gone in the second round for sure. Yeah, and Carolina finished ahead of Tampa Bay. I mean, that's an impressive season by Carolina, 36-12-8. Well, it, it's, it is, and it, it's a team that's still a little unknown to all of us out here. I probably couldn't name you more than five or six players, but how about in that division, too, you have the Florida Panthers who had an incredible season, and they got home ice advantage against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they get Tampa Bay in the second round, who, you know what, had a great year. And they're now adding uh, a former MVP and a two or three time 50 goal scorer to their lineup that they have not had in, in over a month. And they haven't had Kucherov all year. So Kucherov and Stamkos are playing in game one. And you're the Florida Panthers. Like, seriously? Yeah, they don't have Ekblad. They, and I know been, they haven't for a while, and they've still have been doing okay. But it's, you'd love to have them in that series. I mean, Ekblad is their number one defenseman. And the Tampa Bay Lightning just added uh, two Hall of Famers to their lineup. Got an individual writing. By the way, you can sign uh, sign your name to the text. We always appreciate that. Even if you want to give yourself, you know, a, a goofy handle, we have, we have some people on here. I'm pretty sure that they're not using their real names, but that's okay. Uh, this person says, "Do you think the Oilers have the physical tenacity to endure the more physical punishing style the playoffs will bring?" In respect to our two top lines, I'm concerned about the abuse they will surely face with Cassian out. There seems to be no equalizer if needed. Well, that's a great question, and Rob was talking earlier that successful teams in the playoffs also often have a couple guys step up and score who haven't in the regular season. And when it comes to the playoffs, you need players who maybe 
don't hit a lot or don't always block mm-hmm. shots or play rugged, they, you got to do that. You got to get out of your comfort zone and say, I'm finishing every check. I, I got to accept I'm going to be in pain after every game or during every game. Well, it, it, when you look at the, the four teams in the playoffs in, in the North Division, uh, the most physical by far is the Montreal Canadiens. But I don't think the Oilers are going to see them. Then I believe the Oilers are the second most. I think they, I've seen the Oilers bully teams this year. Um, so I don't think against the Jets, physicality is going to be a problem. I, think the, I don't think the Jets are a, a, an over-the-top physical hockey club. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't think are... I think the, the Oilers were a much more physical team than Toronto. Toronto came and played three games here in that three-game set, and I think two of the games they didn't even have a penalty. So I don't, I don't worry about the physicality unless the Oilers get to the fourth or into the final four. Then they're going to be playing some bigger, heavier teams. But uh, for the first two rounds, I don't think physicality will be an issue for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, and if they get to the final four, then, <laughs> then you deal with it, yeah. and then who knows how you're playing and how, how the other team is playing. That that's a fair question. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. A lot of people like ever going on Koskinen today. Yeah, I mean, look, guys. Somebody just wrote in, how could you start him in the back to back? I I think if there's a way they could start Smith in the back to back, they will. Yeah. But again, it'll depend on how the series is going. I don't see Stalock playing. No. Tippett said they talked about putting him in. But again, if if Stalock played, he was playing maximum one game. And if he played awful, then you'd be nervous about him too. Yeah. And if he played fine, then, okay, great, he played fine, but he still played one game in 10 months yeah. or whatever, you know, since last I, August. I, you're not, if, we, if we see Staylock in the playoffs, something went oh, seriously so, wrong for the Edmonton Oilers. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, Smith is the guy Yes. In, anyway. So. And, and most teams in the playoffs, if, if their starter goes down, the team is not going to be as good. I mean, there's a few teams that are... I mean, the Vegas has got two very good goaltenders. But most teams, there's a big difference between their starter and their backup goalie. That's why one's the starter and one's the backup goaltender. Uh, I don't... This wasn't how it was supposed to work at Edmonton. But Smith has had that good a year that he's relegated Koskinen to being a backup goalie and a guy that's only going to play in the playoffs if there's an injury or if something goes sideways for Smith. Yeah. 780-496-0063 is how you can get us. We're also looking for somebody to finish the play. If you like winning stuff and getting your name in a draw to win even more stuff. Our fourth star is presented by Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. Well, we'll give it to Adam Larson. He got the goal today. I thought he was good. The two best uh, Oilers tonight, I thought Larson on the back end, and I thought Archibald up front. Well, and to get to the depth players who, who will have to contribute, Archibald played a lot today as well. 1843 got credited with six hits, six of the Oilers' 20 hits by Archibald, another four by Jesse Pugliarvi, by the way. I mean, candidates for me to, to step up and provide support scoring, and I, I say this all the time about Archibald, I, I think he's he's one of them because he's he's going to enjoy the playoffs yes, he, he more is. than anybody. Uh, but pe- the, the people don't understand playing when you're in a third or fourth line player and, and, and you're not getting power play minutes, it's hard to score in the National Hockey League. Uh, Archibald, and nothing against him, but he's going to be playing with Jujar Kara. Uh, Jujar Kara, is, uh, he's not in the National Hockey League because of his offensive ability. So the chances are going to be 
uh, few and far between. Now, when you get them, hopefully you can capitalize. Archibald had a couple great looks today. He wasn't able to put it in. But if the third and fourth Lions go through this, the playoffs and play the opposition even, that's good. Now, if they throw a couple goals in here or there, they get a shorty, something like that's going to be even better. But the Oilers have a, a third line. I don't even know if you call them their third, their third or fourth. I'm not sure what McLeod's line's going to be. But that's a line they put together hoping that they can create a little offense. McLeod has got offensive prowess. He showed it in the minors. They brought him up here for a reason because they wanted a little more offensive juice in, in the lineup. And they playing them with Neil and Chase on two guys that at times last year were on the Oilers' first line. And they weren't bad in the bubble. Nope. No, nope, they were. They, and they are. Neil's a playoff type hockey player. He's a greasy player. Uh, he's physical. Plays a little nasty. He, he he's been known to score big goals at big moments. And and chase on a guy that's streaky. So that would be the line that I would look at. That could throw in a goal here and there in the playoffs. And if they do, that's fantastic. That's bode well uh, for the Oilers winning hockey games. If that line can score, you know, a couple goals a series could be the difference between the Oilers winning and losing series. Yeah, and I like how you put that, that the third and fourth line playing even. Now, obviously, you'd like them to be plus, but I, I think that's a big reason why the Oilers have been better this season. Now, McDavid scored at a rate that, that we haven't seen, mm-hmm. but we've seen McDavid and will be uh, at or near the top of the, the scoring race for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. And a couple of these you know, those years, they still missed the playoffs. Well, why did that happen is because they they were starting it was almost like starting every game down to nothing because not only was your third or fourth line not going to score they were going to get they were going to get scored on and well, what happened at the beginning of this year with Kyle Turris coming in as your third line center was minus he was eight he was or like 12 minus or, one per game yes yeah. and so all of a sudden you're you're falling behind every game that's just put so much more pressure on your star players uh if they if third and fourth lines play even you from what we've seen, you, you feel confident that Connor and Leon, whether they're together or apart, will win their matchups. And if that's the case, you're going to win most games. Well, in the special teams. Well, the, and that's where the Oilers have an advantage they, over anyone in the league because they got the best power yeah. play and they got a top 10 penalty killing unit that has been, as you said, was it 24 to 24? Yeah, especially if the PK, I'm not saying the PK is going to be perfect. But they're good now. But if, but if the PK is is 85% against the Jets, then you got a really good chance. Oh, absolutely, because the Jets do have a good power play. We're, it's, just a side note, we're looking at the, the Boston-Washington games about to start, and they just had uh, Zdeno Chara, a close-up of him. I have yet to see him play this year for the Washington Capitals. It looks so weird with him having a Capitals jersey on as he lines up and gets ready to play against the Boston Bruins. That We talk about the one uh, texture texted in about the physicality of the playoffs now if you want to watch a physical series this boston washington series could be as physical as it gets it's going to get nasty it's going to get mean it is going to be a fun series to watch because both teams have players that can be mean that can cross the, line. cross the line yeah, and like to cross the line so that will be a very, very physical series. Oilers fall 4-1 this afternoon to the Vancouver Canucks. We have Reggie standing by. Hey, Reggie, what's on your mind? Hey, Reggie, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh. Did you have a question or a comment, or do you just want to do the contest? Yep, I'm here. Okay, well, let's just jump right in then. Just for yep. playing here, you get a $50 sawmill gift card. And what has Angie cooked up for a clue? 
He'll come down the right wing. He's got Cuckoo with him. He'll put it across. Cuckoo, oh, what a big save by Demko. Off of Slater Cuckoo. That was an incredible stop. Okay, Slater Cuckoo, Reggie, back in the lineup today for the first time since February 20th. He suffered a broken collarbone against what team? Was it Calgary or Toronto? Uh, I'm going to say Toronto. What if you had a second guess? Calgary. <laughs> Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Sam Bennett hit him. Ooh. Sam Bennett's in the playoffs. Sam Bennett can hit. And Sam Bennett's uh, career has taken a huge... Uh, shot up in the since he's moved over to Wasn't he Florida. A point a game with the Panthers. Oh, he was fantastic and, and playing in or situations like he's never played for. He was point and a half, fifteen point, and ten. And he's playing in the. He got overtime goals there. He never got on in overtime for the Calgary Flames. That was a trade that worked out very well for Sam Bennett. And I hope I wish him success because he's a guy that every time you play against him, I noticed him for the Calgary Flames. So I'm glad things have worked out for him for him in Florida. And this uh, Emil Heineman that the Flames got could be a pretty good prospect so we'll see how that goes Oilers lose 4-1 to the Vancouver Canucks we have more time for your feedback 780-496-0063 you want to look ahead to the playoffs you want to you, like now's the time everybody this is the time you can make predictions you can call in you can text you can write a letter I won't get it by Wednesday but that's fine by the way I wonder how much more mail is back on my desk for you luckily Troy brought it a couple weeks ago how many cards did you have to sign? I had, I had a few. They were, it was pretty neat. I, I like getting fan mail because there's people from Slovakia and, and they get it from all over the world. It's kind of cool. You're a worldwide sensation. Uh, well, I'm worldwide something. I'm not <laughs> sure sensation is the one that we would use, but I'll go with that for today. All right. Back in a couple of minutes with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Cahoon gets the puck on the right wing. Penalty just about over. Down the left side comes Nurse. He'll look to the net. Shoot it. Saved by Demko. The rebound. Demko stops that as Haas had an opportunity just as the penalty expires. The Oilers go for one with a man advantage. All right. Some of the action described by Cam Moon this afternoon. Canucks win it 4-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. Larson for Edmonton. Horvat Highmore with two. Boyd for Vancouver. That is your final. This texture says, you guys are already talking like the Oilers are going to win the first round. We should all know better by now. Uh, you should pay more attention to that texture. <laughs> we haven't said that at all. My God. They, this is, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they can win this series. They've got a goaltender that can steal games by himself. He's He won the Vezina last year. They, if Ehlers comes back, that is a huge addition. I think he's their best player, and he is projected to be back in the lineup. I believe the Oilers should be favored in this series. But as we know, and it, the one thing that we said at the beginning, rarely do you see the top two teams in the National Hockey League play for the Stanley Cup. There's upsets along the way. If the Oilers lose, it will be an upset, but its uh, I don't think it would be... Wouldn't be a monumental no, upset. No, absolutely not. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We have Al on the line. Hey, Al, go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, last time I saw Rob, he's out at Slave Lake uh, with uh, uh, Louis DeBrusque and Guy Lafleur, some sort of event out there with Gretzky. Oh, yeah, that was a, a few years back. That was tons yeah, of fun. a few years back. Man, Rob, he can sure skate. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I just I just try to find slower, fatter guys than me, then I skate against them and look better. 
Okay, I got two predictions. Only one other guy agreed with me. Okay, the first one, the Oilers is seven. Um, I think it's going to be a tough. I think the Jets uh, are uh, finding the groove, and they had a really bad streak, and now they're... I thought they did really well, but now they're recovering. The Oilers um, seem to have their number, but I don't really, you know, we don't know, right? The experience isn't there for the Oilers. And one other guy has um, has agreed with me on one of the other prediction, which everybody has gone for, and it's the Laughs and the Canadians. Now, I'm going for the Canadians, and Struddy's gone for the Canadians, too. And I'm, oh, I'm going no. well, if, if, if Struddy says it, well, it's got to be true. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for the Canadians. If the Canadians, like, they better be the uh, people around. Like, they got a tough team, eh? Yeah, they, they, they are a big, mean, physical team. And, uh, again, I, the Toronto Maple Leafs would be huge favorites in that series. But it, it means nothing. It, honestly, it means nothing once the playoffs start because anything can happen. Uh, the Oilers went to the finals and played the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't think anyone had predicted those two being in the finals that year. So I think the Toronto-Montreal series is going to be good. I, I still believe Toronto wins it, but I do believe it's going to be a fun series to watch because we watched the Canadians come here and play the Oilers, and it was a nasty two-game set and two of the most exciting games that we watched all year. Yeah. around and see if those guys that can take that and sorry angie can you boost al's volume a bit we're having trouble hearing him oh sorry and and if they can batter toronto around a bit and keep the score close like i think montreal and montreal are kind of like tigers or fighters i know they have injuries and stuff but i and uh i i if toronto gets by them i think the orders will have you know it's going to be um i think the orders can get out of this division but, uh, you know, that's what I called in for, just to let you guys know uh, that I'm picking uh, the Canadians. And, and uh, so far, everybody is even picking Toronto in three, you know? like Well, John Shannon did. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. And I'm picking the Canadians, and I'm picking the orders to advance. Those other teams, like you said, it's going to be hard to see some really good teams leave. Like, that's, that's just, you know, that's the way it is, I guess. Well, it's official, okay. too. It's official, Reed. The NHL playoffs have officially started. They're 30 oh. seconds into the Boston-Washington series right yeah. now. Share against his old team. Yeah. And hey, that's my grandson's favorite player. <laughs> oh, good. Well, say hi to your grandpa. Thanks, Sal. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the playoffs are so interesting. And in Montreal and Toronto, you know, Toronto's deep. Toronto's good. But, again, goaltending. What happens there? Even if Price doesn't play, it's not like Jake, Jake Allen, you know, plays for the, uh, you know, Kalahoo can't wins. <laughs> it was actually, we were the Kalahoo, no, we were the Kalamazoo K-Wings. I oh, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a sec, how'd you know where I played? Um, no, I, I I like Montreal's team. I, I, I do. I If they get Gallagher back, and they're supposed to, all of a sudden they've got scoring a little more scoring depth. They got big nasty defense. They can keep the games close. We saw that they they're not good in overtime, uh, three on three, but they certainly got there a lot because they keep most games close. So it'll be uh, that'll be a great series to watch. Oh, and Alex Ovechkin just about he just crushed some Boston Bruins. So if you want to see physicality, turn on the Boston Washington series because it is ugly already. All right, we'll get to Kevin. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hi, Kevin. Go ahead. Hey, listen, guys. I, I was born and raised here in Edmonton. I'm sixty three this year. Uh, I watched the Oilers from beginning to 
to, to now, and I'm very proud to have been, you know, associated with some work that I've done with them and that. The thing I want to explain is that, or just say is that, these teams didn't get here for being sloughing off or anything like that. They're all in here because they deserve to be in the Stanley Cup. And every game is a, is, is a win game. You have to win it in these situations. If I'm incorrect, you guys can, you know, correct me if you'd like. No, you're well, right. Yeah, just making the playoffs is, is difficult. Well, Dave Tippett talked about the fact that you you have to earn the right to play in the playoffs, and 16 yeah. teams did that. 15 teams yeah. didn't. So this is the elite of the National Hockey League. Yeah. So it's uh, there. There's no easy outs. There there are uh, the the top. We saw. I was looking at the predictions, and there's people that were picking Nashville to, to knock out Carolina. Carolina had the like, they, they third best. Well yeah. So it's. Uh, th- there's going to be upsets in the first round. We're just yeah. hoping in Edmonton that one of them isn't the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg oh, Jets. Please, no. You have no idea how much that made my heart skip when you said that. <laughs> you know, like, I appreciate you guys. I really do, Rob. I've always loved you, man. I, I wish the best for you and, and the other gentlemen. And I surely wish my team could just, just kick everybody. Uh, well, thanks well, very much. Reed and I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, I always remember... Talking to Colton Pareko the first time after the first time I talked to him after they won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, the Blues won, and they went to Game Seven overtime in the second round with mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars. I think it actually went to double overtime. At least, yeah. And I'm Pareko described a play in overtime where Jamie Ben started a wraparound, and Pareko told me I chased him the wrong way. I had to make a split second. Do I cut him off, or do I chase him? And he decided to chase him, and he's gone that way. And then he realized, I'm not going to get there in time. Like, he thought he could get him and, you know, kind of give him a hook or whatever and stop him. And so now Pareko's stuck behind the net, and Ben's wrapping around, and Pareko's thinking he's going to score. Like, our season's going to be over. And Bennington was sliding the pass, this pad across, and his pad didn't quite get to the post, and Ben didn't quite tuck it finely enough and made the save. Goes to the, they win a Stanley Cup. I mean, they're Cup. an inch yep. away from the season being over. I had a cha- seven overtime. I had a championship in the American Hockey League, and we were in overtime. A guy had a breakaway in the first round. It was the best of three, and we lost the first. If he scores on the breakaway, we lose two straight first round. He doesn't. We end up winning the series and winning the Calder Cup. It, there's always moments that change the complexion of a series or a championship. Hopefully, we're going to see some of those for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You're still going to hear from Slater Cuckoo, who is back in action tonight. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Loose puck to Bouchard. Around the boards, Pearson keeps it in. Into the corner to Hoaglander. Now to Horvat on the right. To the blue line. It goes to Myers. He'll take a snapshot saved by Koskinen, and he held onto it. Yeah, Miko Koskin made some good stops this afternoon, but then a rough ride in the third period. He got beat twice over the glove in 16 seconds and then a real weak goal with about six and a half minutes to go, and the Canucks take it 4-1 this afternoon. So the Oilers finish 35-19-2. 6.43 points percentage is the seventh best in the history of their franchise. Oh, I'm getting a phone call from the Bahamas on my cell phone. Oh, nice. I wonder what they well, want. Well, you, you take that, and I'll just yeah. talk about that Tom Wilson I, scored the first goal of the playoffs. I assume it's a Bahaman prince offering me 
several million dollars. Uh, but you know what, though? You're going to have to give them your bank account numbers just so we can put the money in there Well, that's for fine. You. If the money goes straight in, then it's taken <laughs> care of, and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals scores the first goal of the NHL playoffs. Great shot. One-timer, top shelf, far side. We got Roddy writing in. He says, uh, tonight proved the Oilers can't win without Smith, Leon, and Connor. Not sure how far those three can carry the team. Well, sure. I mean, take the three best players off any team. Their chances well, of winning are going to go down. Marner, Matthews, and Campbell off the Leafs. Um, Ovechkin, Backstrom, and the goalie off the Capitals. Uh, McKinnon, Rantanen, and Grubauer, the goalie from Colorado. You take the best three off of any team, they're not going to win. They won't be as good. No. I mean, I get it. You can question the Oilers' depth perhaps uh, more than on other teams. But, uh, I mean, sure, a lot of what the Oilers did this season is because of McDavid, Dreisaitl, Smith, Barry, and Nurse. Absolutely. Great years, all of them. You know, and that's, there's a lot of other players that work hard and fill their roles, but if you switched a, a depth Oiler player for a random depth player from another team, the overall quality of the team probably isn't changing mm-hmm. to a noticeable degree. No, absolutely. But, I mean... The, the Oilers are built around Connor and Leon, and there's uh, you expect them to win them hockey games. But, yeah, you take the top two players and the goal, best goalie off of any team in the National Hockey League, they are not the same team. They're probably not winning. 7804960063. We had uh, Slater Cuckoo back in action this afternoon. Here he is. Welcome back. Uh, how did it feel out there to play? Uh, I think it's been 35 games or something like that since you, you played again. How did it feel? Yeah, it felt good. Um, you know, you, you don't know how much you miss that game day routine. Um, just that nervousness, that uh, anxiousness to play. Uh, you wake up this morning and uh, you get those butterflies going. And, uh, yeah, just a real blessing to be out there and, um, and back back in the mix. When you uh, sustain an injury like you did with the collarbone, when is there any apprehension to make a hit or take a hit or to see how it's feeling or, or going in there? Is there any apprehension in that in that regard? Uh, I think there was to start back. Um, I've been practicing now for uh, probably over a month, so uh, we did all kinds of drills to um, uh, mimic some battling, uh, some hits. I think there's still going to be uh, learning curves to to having that I talked to actually Connor about uh, he had the similar surgery that I did so um, and he's he says that uh, you know you'll get to a point where you just stop stop thinking about it so um, yeah a lot of good practices a lot of good uh, physical play and um, and it felt good out there today Mark Spector Sportsnet Funny, you played Slater, uh, you had a real good series in the bubble last year against the Oilers. Um, maybe part of the reason why they got you. Uh, and so did Matthew Highmore, who scored a couple goals today. Uh, does that seem like a long time ago that you were coming in and playing on the other team, getting basically ready for the playoffs just like you are now? Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy that um, we're back to playoff time. Um, it feels like... On one hand, it feels like yesterday being here for the bubble, and then, uh, yeah, it, feel, it feels like a long time ago uh, on the other hand. so um, And as for Highmore, he, uh, he's just a solid player out there, and uh, we were having a couple laughs on the ice today, and, uh, yeah, he had a really good series for us last year when, uh, when I was in Chicago. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, so you kind of slot in as that guy that, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe you're playing on Wednesday. I don't know the answer to that. But you kind of slot in as that guy that's defensive depth and you're going to be around for this team when they need you. Um, is it easy, difficult being that guy when it's, you got know, one game in a long, long time and your next game is going to be right in the heat of a playoff battle? Um, is it difficult? Probably. Um, you know, coming out today and playing was difficult after um, a long time away. So I tried to treat today more than it was um, based on my pregame prep or, um, you know, on the ice. I tried to be uh, as intense as I could. So uh, I didn't treat it as if uh, it was a nothing game with, with no... Um, ramifications for the playoffs or anything like that i tried to treat it as the biggest game of my season so um but yeah we'll wait to see what happens on uh, wednesday thank you jim matheson post media how strange would that have been if you'd scored on your first shift uh this afternoon slater yeah that would have been nice would have been like yeah you hadn't missed a beat like riding a bicycle <laughs> uh, gliding into scoring on your first shift yeah except i rode the bicycle a lot for the last two months so <laughs> okay. um did the fact that you had seven defensemen did that make it a little easier for you or more difficult because you play with all sorts of different people um i didn't mind it i thought it was uh it was nice to try and um play with everybody and every partner gives you a little bit of different uh a different style a different uh look so um yeah i enjoyed my time with uh, all four of the righties today and um you know whatever tip decides here going forward or um i'll be ready whenever i get called so reiner shrog tsn Remind us a little bit on your timeline. When, when this first happened, um, what was the word you were given on how long it was going to be? Did it feel at the time like playoff would be a possibility? And what did you kind of go through to make sure you were ready in time? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I. Uh, so whenever it happened, uh, we tried to do some math on um, – 10 to 12 weeks was a number that I well, was a number that they gave me and uh, 10 to 12 weeks 10 weeks would have brought me to May 1st um, from the time of the injury so that was kind of the timeline we were hoping for then um, you know um, everything happened with Vancouver uh, with the COVID situation and it ended up pushing some games back into the later in in May which ended up being a blessing in disguise for me um, that I was going to be able to um, let it heal all the way to 12 weeks and then uh, and then be able to play today so uh, that was kind of the timeline but uh, as for the every day that I went through gosh there was uh, ups and downs just like any injury you go through but uh the support of everybody back home uh really kept me strong and uh allowed me to come back today like i did normally in a normal year you would have maybe a couple of scratches and and you know the odd guy here or there that you could get out there and work out with 
you think having a taxi squad of guys that all need to push themselves and all need to be game ready, does that end up helping an injured player quite a bit just in getting up to speed and being ready faster? Yeah, maybe it did, actually. Um... We're able to have some pretty intense uh, three-on-three games whenever the team was playing. Um, you know, myself and uh, the taxi squad guys would would get a pretty intense three-on-three game going where uh, we're trying to be physical. Obviously, nobody's running each other, but um, trying to be as physical as we can and, and get that game intensity just in case one of us does get called. So uh, I think that, that did play a factor into... Um, coming back prepared or uh, as prepared as I could be. There's Slater Cuckoo. His return is the adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Canucks. What's the worst injury you ever came back from, Rob? Uh, probably it was MCL on my knee. I was out for six, eight weeks. Broke my foot, broke my fingers, broke my thumb. I've actually broken just about everything. <laughs> So, not I mean, all at the same time, though. No, no. That would I, be a bad injury. It would be a bad injury, no. Uh, well, Cam Neely hit me once, and I thought I broke everything, but it turned out nothing. Uh, I would never had a broken collarbone, so I, I think that one would be a tough one to come back from. I think the longest I was out was eight weeks for something. It, it's hard. It is hard coming back. Um, you know what? A game like this is a blessing in disguise for Cuckoo because they're, the intensity level wasn't high. Uh, he said he treated it like it's a game seven of the Stanley Cups and good for him, but the rest of the game around him wasn't going as fast as if he was opposed. If his first game would be a playoff game, that would have been a much more difficult situation for him. So now that he's got one under his belt, whenever he does slide in, and I'm sure he'll get a playoff game at some point, I don't think it's going to be as uh, tough for him to adjust to the speed coming back since he's played a game already. Okay, we still got time for you at 780-496-0063 on the Certainty Hotline if you want to give us a ring. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Canucks. Regular season is done. Playoffs are Wednesday. Back in a couple of minutes on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. To the blue line for Barry. Pulls to the middle. Right side to McDavid. He'll pass across. Newton Hopkins just missed. He tried to go short side upstairs. The Oilers had lots of chances in the first two periods, but it was 1-1 after... Two, and the Canucks take over in the third to win it 4-1. Playoffs are underway. First period, Washington leading Boston 1-0. 780-496-0063. Fred, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going today? Good. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the game, but uh, Reed Stanley has come out of hiding, and we're going to refurbish him tonight. Now, he's kind of, he's cautiously optimistic, let's put it that way. And you know what? I think, I'm not expecting the boys to go all the way this year, but I think off-season's huge for this hockey team. Uh, it's time to go for the cup next year. I'd love to see him do it this year, but uh, there's a pr- pretty, I think the problem is with the Oilers right now, uh, and you guys probably will agree with me, they're just not big enough. You match up against a team like Las Vegas, they got a big hockey team, and that's going to be a. I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. That's my prediction right now. Well, I, I think that uh, there are some off-season additions that the Oilers are going to try and, and find to solidify, you know, their bottom six even more. Uh, and I guess they have to decide. They they want to re-sign Larson. They got Tyson Berry. They got Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Those are signings that were important players for this year's team. Um, as for this year, I. 
there are a number of good teams in the playoffs. I think that uh, the Oilers have a reasonable chance of getting out of the North. I think that all four teams can feel confident at some point that they can get out of the North Division. And once you get into the Final Four, anything can happen. DeBrusque. Very true. Uh, is Cassian going to be back? What's the status with Zach? He's, yeah, we're not sure. He's skating now with the team. Uh, Dave Tippett squad. said, "Taxi Squad." Uh, he will. Be, I. I get. I think he'll be back at some point of the first round, but that's just me guessing. Jake DeBrusque. But anyway, that's why we're going to watch the games and go. Let's go. Have a great night, guys. Jake DeBrusque scores for Boston off a face-off, so 1-1 in the first period. Good for Jake. He had a, it was a tough season for him. I'd, I know he was a healthy scratch sometimes, but he is a talented young man, and that will help your confidence. And he shot the puck so hard that he hurt the Washington Capitals goaltender. I think stretching out the Capitals goaltender is getting some help right now from the trainer. Yeah, Vanacek. Yeah, he did. He did the splits and then fell on his side. No, I got to be honest. Then lay there. I would do the same thing, Reed. If I did the splits, I would be on my side, and you'd be picking me up right now. Ah, I'd leave you for a while. <laughs> let you recover. <laughs> Scott has called in as well. Hi, Scott. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I'm going to have to say, and uh, uh, kind of tough in the last few days of Winnipeg, is that the way Winnipeg has uh, played lately. But my prediction is Oilers in five. Um, and with that being said, I just want to kind of... Uh, Discuss. Maybe you guys have heard something. Maybe not. I don't know. But with uh, the NHL and talks with uh, the Canadian government, after the North is finalized, uh, the, the players don't want to do a bubble. I know uh, they probably have a week, maybe a little bit more, to kind of figure all this out. But a lot of different uh, scenarios that I've been hearing, and interesting ones too, just you know, from buddies of mine and stuff, right? Have you guys... Uh, well, any... what's going to happen is right now the, Cana the NHL has gone to the Canadian government and asking for an exemption for the whoever wins the North to be able to play in their own rink and have the American teams come up. They've asked for the exemption. Now, whether they get it or not, I don't know. I don't think they will. No, I think that, uh, that whatever team wins the North will play out of the United States. In a, a, So, for example, if the Oilers win and they play Vegas... The Oilers may play out of Phoenix, all of their game, home games out of Phoenix. Okay, you know, that, that's, that was another uh, scenario that me and my friends were talking about. Why wouldn't they play, let's say Vegas played Colorado the series before? Mm -hmm. Why not have it in Colorado so that the Oilers... Oh, well, uh, well, it could be. They could Rob's be. just saying I'm just hypothetically guessing. Arizona. I'm just guessing Arizona we're, simply because... Okay. We're just saying We're just saying all seven games would Correct. not be in the same rink. Because it would be unfair. It would, they, you know, then even if you had last change, the other team would still be staying in their houses. And they'd have their own fans because the American right. teams have fans in the stadiums. As we're watching right now, there's fans in Washington. Yeah. Uh, I, who, the, the Canadian government could say yes and say the, the NHL, you can play your home games in Canada. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I don't what know. What did Daly say? By the end of the first round? By the end of the first round, they should know. And here's the yeah. thing. Here, here's the adv advantage, the, the positive side to that, is that it would only be one team. Yes. It would only be one American team that would have to come up yep. for three or four games, so a couple of trips. It's not like we're playing a regular schedule and you got a five-game home stand all with, time. Yes. with five. So that, that could be to the advantage where the Canadian government could say, and, uh, and the province too, we don't know what province it's going to be in, could say, okay, it's a traveling party of whatever it is, 35 
it, so. it's, it, it'll be optics. It'll be optics because all, you have all these people coming back right now, all the snowbirds and the kids coming back from colleges that have to quarantine when they come back. They got to stay in a hotel, and then after that, they got to quarantine in their house. The Blue Jays and the Raptors weren't allowed to play in Canada. So uh, there's good, the, the NHL is going to prepare for both scenarios. One, where the team is allowed to play at home, and two, the Canadian team will be based out of a different American city. Yeah, and that, and that only makes sense. Uh, the fans are a big part of that, and that's why I say whoever is playing the team before, let's say Colorado played Vegas the, uh, the series before, I think it should be in Colorado, whether it's Phoenix or whatever. Because you think the Colorado fans would cheer for the home team. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking, you know, they will have a little bit of hate on it and it won't be so pro-American, right? Yeah. That's true. That is true. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for the... Take yeah. my call, guys. Thanks. Uh, it's interesting how 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 it plays out. I I I, I think, and and just from hearing some things, I I think the Oilers were two or three weeks away from having fans in April, mm-hmm. and and then things started to unravel to escalate uh, a little bit to the point where they felt like okay, you know maybe we shouldn't pursue this for for a variety of reasons. Obviously, it would have been limited fans. Yeah. But I think they could have got up to around 15% capacity, which would have been close to 3,000 fans. Well, I, I've been to a lot of stores that are only allowed 15%, so that means 90%. Because there's a lot of stores that says, yeah, you're allowed 15% capacity, but you're allowed 23,000 people in this store. So I'm not sure that they all follow the right rules. But no, I do believe that the, well, 15% in here would be how many? It's just under 3,000. You could, you could do that safely. I would think. It, I guess it'd be going in and out of the stadium. That'd be the tough thing. But the one thing that the Edmonton Oilers have shown is they are very good at organizing. Well, and, and I think I think that's why AHS was well, was on board with it because of what they were able to do in the summer in the bubble, yeah, and, and the World Juniors. Well, hopefully, I don't think we're going to see fans in Edmonton this year. But hopefully, for the start of next season, we will once again have fans and be able to witness uh, all the different incredible feats that the Edmonton Oilers and their players were able to accomplish this year. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm optimistic for for next season. I think yep. you know, on October 15th. In other words, start. people go get vaccinated, please. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Vancouver Canucks this afternoon. Okay, so off tomorrow, practice Monday, practice Tuesday. Then it really gets interesting Wednesday night, Rob. We're going to be on at 5 o'clock with the face-off show. The game is going to start at 7, so we'll have all the storylines for you. Don't forget, Bob has Oilers now from noon to 2 every weekday. I have Inside Sports 6 to 8 weekday non-game nights. We'll have to have you on couple times Rob we're gonna have a a lot to talk about because now every little moment means that much more in every game it's playoff hockey this is the best time of year for any sports fan so get ready for it everybody Wednesday night all right Vancouver wins 4-1 today the Oilers final record 35-19-2 the Canucks by the way go to 22-28-3 they still have three games remaining against the Calgary Flames get more on this one on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com big thanks to Troy Bowler he's our game day engineer here at Rogers Place studio producers today at 630ched Cody Jansen and Angie Quinnell great work as always all right Wednesday at 5 is the face-off show. Wednesday at 7 is the puck drop for Game 1 between the Oilers and the Jets. This has been Heartland Ford, overtime open line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.